I know that time is going and uh, I, I'm so glad that we had uh, spent that time so well uh, with uh, listening to that. But I do want just to bring uh, a very short message this morning in relation to that. Um, and I hope that you will bear with me. Uh, this is quite an unusual uh, uh, week, uh, Sunday, so I want you to bear with me. I just want to read a few verses from uh, the book of Acts in chapter 13. The book of Acts in chapter 13. <clears throat> and uh, you don't need to turn to it, but uh, if you have a Bible there, you might like just to read with me the first, or I will read the first six verses of this 13th chapter of the book of Acts, beginning at verse 1, and we read, In the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them uh, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit went down to Cilicia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogue. John was with them as their helper. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading from his uh, precious word this morning. Now, <clears throat> here in the book of Acts, chapter 13, we have the account of Paul's first missionary journey. It's familiar to many of us because it is the mission that Paul and Barnabas took to the region of Galatia and it resulted in the establishment of the churches there in the region of Galatia, Pisidian, Antioch, Iconium, Lystra and Derbe. I wanted to uh, remind you of this this morning as it is the, the background to the letter if you like because it is a mission that took them to the region of Galatia and it's uh, describes really the beginning of missions or missionaries as we might uh, know them in a better sense today. Missions and missionaries fundamental to the ongoing work of the church. In the Ephesian letter in chapter 4 verses 11 onwards, Paul describes the various ministries that there are in the church. He describes, he says, Christ himself gave the apostles, prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service to, so that the body of Christ may be built up. Now the Bible does not specifically mention the term missionary because in a general sense we are all called to be missionaries uh, as the description generally speaking is a description of all believers. We're all, we're all called to mission. We're all called to the Great Commission, if I can put it that way. The mission that Jesus gave to his disciples at the end of his earthly life there in Matthew 28, we read, Then Jesus came to them, that is the disciples, and he said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son 
and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, Jesus describes the same commission again in, uh, on numerous occasions, but he described it earlier on during his earthly ministry when he was telling some of his parables in the 14th chapter of Luke, for example, he describes a, a, a man of uh, high standing who has a, uh, has a party or has a celebration for his son. And he calls the, uh, his servants to go out into the byways and, uh, and to invite the worthy, as it were, people in to come to that celebration of the son, but they don't come. They've got other things to do. They want to go about their own business. They don't want to go about eating and drinking elsewhere. They're not interested. And so Jesus says that the master, when they have rejected and turned their backs upon that kind invitation, the master sends his servants out into the, into, uh, the highways and the byways and uh, to invite Others in, people who weren't originally invited and they're invited in and they come in. They come into that, uh, to that, uh, that uh, feast as it were. But even then, Jesus said, even then there weren't, there weren't enough people. There was still room. There was room within the master's house. And in verse 23 we read, Then the master told his servants, Go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house may be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. And I love that because, you know, Jesus there is talking about not only the, 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 the worthy didn't want to come, or as it were, though, those who were first designated, then others were invited in. But even, even after that, there was more room. There was room for the down and outs. There was room for those who were the no-hopers. There was room for those who, uh, who um, were not used to banquets at all, were not probably used to eating inside at all. Now, none of us can say, you know, you and I as Christians, none of us can say that we are not responsible, we don't have a responsibility for this great commission that Jesus gives us to go into the world because we are all called in some respect in a general sense to be missionaries the apostle paul he was an apostle and he uh, he makes that argument very clearly in the first two chapters of the galatian epistle when his apostleship was being questioned he makes his argument very forcibly that he was an apostle at other times he was a pastor he pastored the ephesian church for a, a period of time and he was the greatest uh, Bible teacher about, apart from Jesus that the world has ever known. But he was also called to be a missionary. He was also called to go on mission. Now, if you know anything about this little church here at, uh, at Quinton, some of you do, some of you perhaps are, are new to it, but this little church has always, always been steeped in the ethos of mission and missionaries. This little church came into being a long time ago in 1944. It came, into, it came into being as a response from a group of godly men who believed that a church was needed in this area. 
And they responded to that calling to create a mission, if you like, here. And they worked and they sacrificed towards this mission as it was established. And in 1944, this church came into being to serve the community here in Quinton. But Quinton Church has been missionary-minded beyond the immediate here, beyond Quinton itself. It has always been missionary-minded beyond the walls of this building, looking outward. I'm so proud that, you know, that, that we are in, in this church missionary-minded, looking outward and always have been. We've supported and do support missions to Israel. We support the Slavic Gospel Mission. We support the Birmingham City Mission. We support the WEC, the Worldwide Evangelization Crusade for Missions, because this church has always believed in missions and always been missionary-minded. I remember when I was younger growing up in this church, because I did grow up in this church, it's a one that survived with me growing up in this church, but it did. I was in the Sunday school here, I was in the youth group here. And uh, I remember as a youngster going to the WEC camps, the Worldwide Evangelization Crusade camps. And as a young person, I was inspired by the missionary stories that were told by the missionaries who came. I remember the likes of Dr. Helen Rosevia from the Congo, listening to the sacrifice, listening to the commitment, listening to the work that they did, learning about missionaries. And when you learn about missionaries in that context, you learn that there is nothing ordinary or run-of-the-mill about missionaries in that more defined sense. Indeed, there is something very special. There is something very extraordinary about the missionary in that more defined sense. Now, when you think of missions or when the world thinks of missions, I suppose there are the basically two contexts in which people think of missions. First of all, I think there's a military context in which you think of the term mission. And, uh, you know, many of the war films today, if you like war films, some of you will, some of you won't. But if you like war films, those sort of exciting films, most of those war films, if not all of those war films, are based upon the idea of a mission. Now, we have various jobs in the armed forces, and all of them, all of them are valuable, and all of them are needed. And uh, all of them should be treated with respect. We have, uh, we have cooks, we have maintenance personnel, we have administration, etc. But you know, I've, I've never seen a film based upon uh, an army cook, if you like. I think there was a film with Stephen Seagull in it, but it wasn't re really him being a cook. It was being a, a, a special forces guy underneath it all. But just in case you've seen that film, but, uh, I, did really, I did see that film myself. But you know, uh, it, generally speaking, there's nothing... You don't think about uh, being a, an army cook that would inspire a film. You know, you wouldn't sit there watching a film and go, oh, did you see that porridge? Isn't it dangerous? <laughs> or something like that. Or see some administrator shredding surplus documents and saying, oh, that was exciting. He nearly caught his finger in the, uh, in, in the shredder there. We don't think in terms of that. We more think in terms of the, the mission. The films that grab your attention, if you like, are the, the missions. 
those special operations. Only a, a select group of individuals are called and selected to go on mission. They've been prepared for it. They, have, uh, they are chosen because of their resolve. They are chosen because of their tenacity. They are chosen because of their dependability. They are chosen because of their dogged determination. A group of individuals who will see the mission through. Doesn't matter what the cost, doesn't matter what the difficulties, doesn't matter what stands in their way. They're going to see that mission through because they're special and because they've been prepared in a special way and there's something special about them. They will not give up. People who work together, people who watch one another's back, people who never leave one behind, who uphold the long and honoured tradition of those who have gone before. That's what these people are about and that's why they grab your attention and that's why they're so special. That is a man or woman on a mission. That is what the army expects of their special forces. And you know, I want to say this morning that that is what God expects and that's what God looks for in respect to his special Christian soldiers, the missionaries, the missioners. That's what God expects. There's nothing wrong with the run of the mill, if I can put it that way. There shouldn't be anything really we describe as a run-of-the-mill Christian, but what I'm talking about here is, the, is those who are committed, those who have a special role to play, and God calls them to special tasks. But you know, there's a second term that is uh, associated with mission, and that's the description of a, a certain type of church. I mentioned it in passing earlier on. Some churches are called cathedrals. Some churches are called abbeys, some churches are called tabernacles, some churches are called chapels. We even have this term megachurch today, very popular, thousands and thousands of people go to these churches and I'm not criticising any particular church there, but you know, some churches are called missions or they're missionary minded and they're, they're mission orientated. Small places of worship inspired and brought into being by missioners. No large organization behind them, no extensive network of respectable long-term history, no run-of-the-mill, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but missions are special in that way. They've got the Siemens missions and a lot of other missions that are there for people who don't go to other churches who don't feel able to go to other churches for whatever reason, missions. And these are mission churches. And you know, many people don't find mission churches easy. They find that they will come in and they will pass through on the way to something else or something somewhere bigger, somewhere with more resources. And that is not, as I say, meant to be a, a criticism of people who do that because people, those people need to be in the bigger churches. They need to be in those bigger organisations. And it's not a, a criticism of that. I'm not trying to criticise other churches, big churches, anything like that. But 
you know, there are other people who are called to mission churches. There are other people who are, are called to pioneering work. There are people who are called to church building, if I can put it in. There are people who are called to work in areas where you have people who are the, who are find it difficult uh, uh, to go anywhere, who don't feel loved and don't feel able to cross over the doorsteps of churches, people who feel unworthy for, uh, 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 and feel, you know, that God would never care about them, never love them, never want them. Missioners are people with a pioneer spirit. People who feel set apart for a, a work of God. People who are dogged in their determination to, to build a mission. People who are dependable and people who God has inspired with a vision to reach our, our community. This church, if this church is going to grow, it, it, it's requiring missioners. It's requiring people with who are mission-minded, people who are pioneering in spirit, people who have a, a determination to, uh, to create something wonderful within this community. And, and I know that it's difficult because I know that we have comparatively small resources here. And I know that some of you aren't going to stay here. You've about to come to visit. That's fine. Lovely to see you anyway. Some of you are passing through. You're going somewhere else because that's what God has called you to do. But God is looking, as we've talked about missions today, God is looking in this church for missioners. He's looking for people who will stick it out. He's looking for people who will watch one another's back. He's looking for people who will work together. He's looking for people of whatever the difficulties, whatever the challenges we face here as a church, that we will work through it together and we will create a place where people can come and people can grow and people can settle themselves that the Bible is the word of God and, and, and not be drawn aside to all kind of strange and deluded teaching. That's what God is looking here. Now in closing, let me say this, that I, we are truly inspired this morning by our missionaries. We are truly inspired by George and by Audrey and by so many other missionaries that we have seen and known over the years. We honour you for the work that you are doing and we look for ways that we can support you and encourage you in the days ahead. But we also find from you inspiration, inspiration that you can take a piece of land that maybe should have not looked anything and you can build something great out of it and you can bring people into it and you can look after kids and you can look after adults and you can build a work for God out of the very dust of the ground and that's what we're looking to do here and that's what we're looking to support you in Gam the, the Gambia and may God bless those thoughts to our hearts this morning. Amen. Amen.